right, what's happening, everybody? This is the Philly Experience Podcast. We're back with you with another week of Eagles talk, Sixers talk. Time to get to uh, today. We want to kick it off with the Sixers, and we want to recap their week and touch on their loss to the Brooklyn Nets most recently, but also a pretty solid week overall, uh, beating the Washington Wizards as well, even though Bradley Beal dropped 60 points on us and obviously wrap up the Eagles season. Uh, pretty disappointing overall. Of course, we mentioned that week in and week out, but now it's time to really focus on coaching changes. Um, and again, we're excited for the NFL draft. We always want to dive into it, about who we're going to pick. So we're going to touch on that little by little as the weeks go on. It's little opinions here and there, but uh, Sixers will probably dominate the headlines before you guys until the Flyers start on January 13th. Hey, man, so let's get right into it, guys. The Sixers playing great basketball, Ooh. still first in the Eastern Conference, even though Ooh. they got beat by the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, mind you. But what are your first impressions? I know Doc Rivers has probably been a big key to you know Embiid's success, even Ben Simmons, who didn't have his best game uh, against Brooklyn the other night. But overall, big picture here, what do you guys think through the first week plus, maybe two weeks of the season? Well, Man. go ahead, go ahead, Tanner. No, I'm excited the way uh, Tobias is playing. I know we're going to get a lot of heat for how we were speaking about him before this season started. Uh, we can all admit that we were a little harsh on Tobias, but it wasn't for no reason. He wasn't playing as good right. as we wanted him to. We paid him that money, and that last season he just wasn't playing up to par with how he should be. Uh, but really excited where how he's playing. We kind of could predict this. He was going to play a little better with Doc Rivers in town coaching him because his best seasons were with Doc Rivers and he became player of the week uh, last week and yeah it's exciting to see him pick up the pace because we needed him to we, it can't just be Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid we gotta have that team around them and those two guys play better when there's a team around them it, it's, it's, I definitely can agree with that but here's the thing though and, and here's the thing that's starting to disappoint me um Ben Simmons' lack of a jump shot, once again, it is still a major topic of concern. I'm still a little concerned after the game against the Brooklyn Nets where, you know, there was no Kyrie Irving, there was no Kevin Durant, but yet and still they could not beat the Brooklyn Nets, who really is a powerhouse really technically in the Eastern Conference. You're you're healthy. All your starters are playing, it, with the exception of Steph Curry, and – you guys still couldn't get the job done. You guys just, just didn't show up. And counting the Washington Wizards game in which it came down to the wire, you allowed Bradley Bill to score 60 points in that game. Where was the defense? Like, where was the effort on defense? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all for the hire of Doc Rivers. Like, I love what he's brought to the team. I love, you know, how they're playing as a team. I, I love all those aspects that he has brought. However, the one thing I we still struggle with at times is – um. Is on offense, especially in creating offense. And one of those major things about creating offense that we've had a problem with is the fact that Ben Simmons still refuses to shoot the shoot the ball, and that's pure point blank. I mean, look, he's even now gotten to the point where he ref, he's trying to avoid contact and from going to the free throw line because everybody knows that he's a horrible free throw shooter. Like this is a huge issue. Like this is something that needs to be addressed. So what what have you been doing in these past um these past off seasons? What have you been doing? What have you been working on if you're still not confident in that area of the game? And at the end of the day, the point of the game is to shoot the ball. Shoot the ball into the basket. If you can't do that basic thing, you're not going to last that long in the NBA. I'm sorry. Like Tanner, you can send me all the videos you want. I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Until he starts doing the one thing that we keep banging him to do in this city to do, this offense is it's going to be held back. I'm sorry. It is. 
Yeah, on that note, we saw Ben Simmons knock down a three against the Orlando Magic next week, and or last week, excuse me, and then uh, he comes out against the Brooklyn Nets and tries one from beyond the arc, and he completely misses the rim, and it smashes off the backboard. It was, it was ugly, uh, to say the least, but at least he's attempting the, the, free, or the three-point shot, at least. So, um, but listen, Joel Embiid still leading his team in points like you would expect in rebounds as well. Take averaging me double, out, double, coach. Uh, about 24 points a game and 11 rebounds. Ben Simmons averaging 13, 8, and 8 on the season. So kind of what you expect from them. I like to see more uh, in the scoring category. Um, and a lot of people have actually come out and said, if James Harden was on the Sixers and Ben Simmons wasn't uh, the other night in Brooklyn, that could have made up for the lack of scoring. You know, you could have had James Harden score 30 to 40 points and just clear everybody out. Uh, so there's going to be games like that. I want to see Ben Simmons, um, you know, pick up that scoring mark, maybe get to that 20 point mark. Obviously uh, it's going to take a little bit. It's going to take more shots. It's going to take, the ability to shoot the jumper. But if he's going to continue continue to average around 13 to 14 points a game. It's not going to get a job you're, done. You're, you're, you're right. It, it's not going to get it done. You're asking a What's lot of Tobias for? Harris. And you're asking a lot of Joel Embiid to score you that 25 to 30 points a game. Now, Tobias Harris, like Tanner said, been playing great basketball so far this season. Um, really improved. Uh, he just looks more comfortable, more aggressive in Doc Rivers' offense. And uh, people are saying Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can't play together. Um, maybe uh, that's not true. You know, before Doc Rivers got hired, we – the past few years talking on this show uh, about how Brett Brown may be not the best coach for the team and trying to trade one of these guys, but overall still first in the Eastern Conference. I know recency bias, like we just got beat, so there's some some questions circling around how we get better offensively, like T said. But, but I think if you look forward, as long as Tobias Harris can keep up this, uh, you know, production from in a scoring, you know, scoring department then we'll be fine going forward. But let's flip the page and go to this bench. You know, Tyrese Maxey has been great off the bench for Shake Milton. Uh, Shake Milton actually is averaging uh, more points per game than Ben Simmons is so far this season, which is pretty surprising. I know there's been a few Shake fans out there um, that know he's going to perform this well. But from the bench standpoint, what have you guys seen? Do you think, uh, you know, maybe we're not as deep as Brooklyn on the bench, but we still have scorers that are capable of knocking down shots? The bench has definitely been an improvement from um, last season, definitely. Um, Tyrese Maxey has been a huge boost. Um, um, at first, I was not confident in Tyrese Maxey, um, but, man, he he has definitely opened my eyes. He has surprised me, the energy that he comes off with. Like, he can score from anywhere on the court, and, you know, that's one of the things I like about him, and he keeps the offense moving. Not the, you know, and not to, you know, not to forget about Shake Milton as well. Shake Milton has built off of a really solid season from last season. Like he's still continuing to do his thing. Like we, a, a lot of people thought that he was just this, you know, one hit wonder and that, you know, teams was eventually going to figure him out. But he, instead he has risen to the challenge and he is still a huge asset coming off of that bench. Um, one disappointment though, I will bring up is Matisse Thibel. I I thought that he would take a step forward, especially him being that three and D guy off the bench. Unfortunately, he has not, um, he has really disappointed in the shooting aspect. His defense is still definitely top notch, but um, he, he got to hit the gym for that shooting, man. One player that I'm, I like so far is Dwight Howard. Now, unfortunately he's a guy that finds a lot of fouls when he's on the, uh, when he's on the floor, but I do like his play, especially uh, we have Joel Embiid who is very uncertain with his health usually. And we brought Dwight Howard in knowing that. And, um, that that's a guy who, who when he needs to step up, he will step up. It's just unfortunate that he thinks that he runs the league sometimes and <laughs> um, he does get called for fouls. I believe he fouled out last night. He did. 
Um, and you know, that, that of course it hurts us when we need Joel to, uh, to rest a little more, but the bench was out there more because doc rivers was saying to his guys, you know, if you guys don't play as good, we got other guys on the bench who want to be out there who, who are going to score for us. Like we mentioned shake Milton, who I believe he started, what did he start yeah. last night? Yeah, he, he was, mm-hmm. was out. Um, so that's a guy who it's not surprising. I know T said maybe he, he could have got figured out. Um, it's a guy who we didn't know if it was a one hit wonder, but going into the training camp, he was still, he was impressing, uh, the coaching staff and his teammates alike. So that's another player who I'm glad that is on this, on this bench, but going forward before the trade deadline, I still do think that this bench is going to get mixed around. Yeah, uh, oh, I agree 100. percent I think we're, we're without uh, Mike Scott right now, without Furkan Korkmaz both due to injury, and now Seth Curry from testing positive with the virus. I think he was a huge, uh, you know, miss. You were missing him uh, deeply the other night against Brooklyn. Now, I think going forward here, who knows with the schedule? Obviously, with Seth Curry now testing positive, how is that going to affect the Denver Nugget game coming up on Saturday afternoon? Denver is going to travel to Philadelphia. Uh, after just having to play the Dallas Mavericks the other night as well. Um, but they're going to come to Philadelphia. I don't know how it's going to impact their schedule and also going forward here. Um, but I want to point out this. Um, we've played a couple teams so far this season that are pretty weak. Overall, Charlotte Hornets, who we were able to beat pretty easily in both of those games, the Wizards twice. And this this game against Brooklyn was kind of our first test, even without Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, of going on the road and being able to show people, you know, we put our road woes behind us from last year and try to prove that, you know, we can play well on the road. So far, it hasn't happened. You know, we've played three road games. We've lost two of them, um, won the Cleveland, and then won the Brooklyn the other night. Uh, do you think going forward we'll be able to fix that, or do you think, you know, we're just going to need some more pieces in here to really step up the game on the road? Because personally, I think Seth Curry was, a, you know, just a huge loss for us the other night. Um, and his shooting ability, uh, which was, you know, we expected him to come in here and dominate from beyond the arc, which he's done. But he's averaging, what, uh, 30 minutes a game? Like He's averaging starters minutes, what you expect, because he is a starter. But um, I relate that to Danny Green, for example, who really hasn't stepped up. And he's in the starting lineup, just not getting as many minutes. He's only averaging eight points a game. So where, where are you at with the Seth Curry and Danny Green? Obviously, there's been a big um, you know, comparison uh, with them going into this season about both of them being able to knock down the three ball. One of them has performed um, you know, above average. The other one's probably performed below average. you think – uh, as the season goes on, those guys will come back and be able to equal out because we know Seth Curry probably can't keep up that 59% uh, percentage from beyond the arc going forward. I mean, it's almost impossible. Uh, so do you think that Danny Green will be able to find his rhythm as a veteran player and be able to really step up that three-point shot as well? I'm hoping that's what will happen because you have Seth Curry who played great uh, against the Wizards the other night. I believe that was – he had, he had what, 30, 30 points? Yeah, close, uh, 28, uh, 28 points. 28 uh, but you mentioned Danny Green not playing up to standard. You got to Danny Green's been a lot, uh, around the league, and so he's going to help us uh, with locker room and the bench. And for me, he's more so of a piece that um, can be moved. So I'm not sure if we're going to see Danny Green uh, the entirety of the season. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not set on this. I'm not even set on this starting uh, the starting five for the Sixers, because I, I, I mentioned this last show, Daryl Morey, he likes to switch it up before the trade deadline. Most he, he did that for all the other teams. So I'm, I'm not set on this starting rotation. Um, Yeah. I think there will be some movement coming around the trade deadline. Thomas, like Tanner said, uh, he, uh, Daryl Morey is not 
keen to keeping the team together. And I think he sees, you know, some of the weaknesses that have, you know, arisen in these first couple games. And it's like Max say, we, you know, we've been playing some weak opponents and it wasn't until, you know, the other night when we played the Brooklyn Nets. And it was crazy because, like I said, there was no Kyrie Irving. I don't I can't explain what his off day meant. It could mean a person. I'm not even going to get into it. He's Kyrie Irving. And, you know, everybody knows how he is at this point. I'm not even going to get into it. So Kyrie Irving was out and Kevin Durant was out. So and you couldn't beat that team like I, I'm in a way it disappointed me. It, it truly did. And I'm, I'm a little cons- it kind of raises my eyebrow a little bit, but then it kind of doesn't. I'm like, OK, it's still the beginning of the season. You know, they still got to get some things together. But this was the first actual test of going up against a, you know, championship caliber team. And they didn't rise to the occasion for some reason. Yeah, I agree. I think overall that Brooklyn Nets squad was hot. Uh, Joe Harris was insane from beyond the arc average. Uh I think around 28 points in that game, maybe somewhere close to 30. That's all I know. 28, I think it was. Shake Milton led the way with 24 points. But um, I want to flip it over here to the Eagles topic and wrap up uh, their season against the Washington football team. Uh, Again, ugly fashion, really controversial how Doug Peterson took out Jalen Hurts, put in eight subs out in the game. Uh, As Eagles fans, you know, we want the higher pick. We're not making a big, uh, big fuss about it, but – uh, a lot of people in the NFL and, you know, higher ups, general managers across the league, they mm-hmm. saw it as, a, you know, a, a disrespectful uh, move to the league, the integrity of That's the league. That's not true! Pull out uh, Jalen Hurts. So let's just get your reaction to it as Eagles fans. What do you think that uh, – and your reaction to Jalen Hurts being pulled out of the game? Okay, well, first and foremost, um, anybody that didn't see that they were intentionally trying to lose um, even before the game – you're, you're blinding yourself, okay? They It was their intention to lose, first and foremost. I mean, Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch. Uh, Miles Sanders wasn't playing. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson wasn't playing. Dallas Goddard wasn't playing. Malata was out. Derek Barnett was out. Most of your starters were out. They were intentional on trying to lose from the very beginning. Now, yeah. let's, get that, let's just get that out the way. All right? Oh. By the way, for all you Giants fans out there that's still sour and mad, guess what? Get over it, all right? We lost. Don't matter. We don't care about your stinking little feelings. I just had to get that out the way, fellas, just Eagles, real quick. They made a franchise decision. Uh, they they made did. A decision to lose and get that sixth pick. Um, now, the, it, some people are saying the players stopped playing. It's not. It, they, they players didn't. were still playing. Um, it's not. What what can they do if Doug Pearson takes out Nate Sudfeld? Where are they just going to stop playing? Now I think, uh, now I think that playing. right there. I think that right there is where we have an issue. Oh snap! We got a caller, y'all. We got a caller. We got a caller. What's going on? Uh, how you doing? All right. Welcome to the hey. Philly Experience Podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. What you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh. What's Wentz's future? I mean, what do you guys believe Wentz's future may be? Uh, what does it hold? What teams he may end up on if he's not with the Eagles next season? Mm. I think he's made it clear that he does he doesn't this silence the, for the past couple of days after the uh, the games ended. I think he's made it clear that he does not want to be a part of the Eagles anymore. And now I still think he will find success with another team. Um, but I just he's not going to be here with the Eagles, I don't think. I would like to think maybe there'd be a competition going into the offseason, but that doesn't seem realistic right now. And it's a shame because, Carson, I mean, when you play the game, you play games like this, you you compete. Like, that's the thing. And 
throughout Carson Wentz's entire career, starting from his peewee football days, he's basically been given everything. Like in, in his high school days, he was given a starting position. And when he was at North Dakota State, he was given a position. Even when he was drafted to Philadelphia, he knew eventually he was going to be the starter. We traded away Sam Bradford before the season even started in his rookie season, and the starting position was given to him. He's never had to work for anything. So now he gets to a point where now he's struggling and he has to work for something, and he has an issue with that. And I think he, I think internally he does have a problem with that but I think also there is something internally going on with the team as to the reason why he really doesn't want to he's really um, on the fence about being here next year as much as I want him to compete I just don't see a scenario where he stays here right and we got we got Suf on the line uh, from Lansdale Suf before you joined in we were talking about Jalen Hurts being benched for Nate Sudfeld what do you think about that and I'll let you go back into your question I feel, uh, how do I feel about Jalen Hurts being benched for Nate Sudfeld? Uh, that was a very poor call by Doug Peterson, uh, without question, because it'd been it'd been a different scenario had you brought in Nate. If had you you know said from you know from the gate, hey, Nate Sudfeld will be the start of this game. We all would have understood that as fans. Okay, you know this is a game that you know whether we lose or win, you know we'll be happy with the pick, but I guess we'll be satisfied with the win as well. But we'd be more happy with the pick, obviously. But if you're looking from a player's perspective, they don't care about a you know uh, a draft pick. They, I mean, that's just bringing you're bringing on someone else that's gunning for you know a current player's position, so they could care less about a draft pick. So that is, I mean, by Doug Peterson, you know, benching Jalen Hurts, that that is a very very poor decision, especially going into the fourth quarter. You just made it completely obvious. Hey, we're gonna now we're just gonna throw the game away, and uh, we're gonna make it just completely obvious that we want to lose. And then that makes you question, where does this, you know, how, how are the players going to respect Doug Peterson going forward into, you know, the next season? Next season, I feel like as if maybe just as putrid or maybe worse than a season we just had. I agree with everything that he just said to a T. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I was just about to get into that because I do not respect the way that they lost when they put Nate Sudfeld in because, and then here's the thing. Here's where the confusing part comes in. So Miles Sanders goes on the radio this week and he says basically that the players basically didn't know. But then Jason Kelsey comes out on Instagram and says, okay, well, we, we kind of knew that he was going to come in. So what's the answer? There's there's some clear disconnect going on, and I do not respect the fact that you blatantly put it out there that you were going to lose this game and put Nate Sudfeld in the game, regardless of the fact that those guys out there who's mostly undrafted free agents and practice squad guys who were playing their asses off, all right, trying to you know put something on tape for their future careers, and you basically pulled the rug from out out of them. I cannot respect that for one. The media is a huge enemy. Eagles. Yeah, to add fuel to the fire, he tried yeah. to, you know, by, by going to the media and, and speaking with reporters, he, he says to them and, and insults our our intelligence as a fan base, he insults us and says, well, no, you know, by putting in Nate Sudfeld, I, I attempted to, you know, I wanted to get the man some reps and everything. No, you know, that, that's completely bullcrap because we all know what the situation is, you know, and it, it, it at least has the respect and the decency enough to tell us the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean that just that it's it's a problem, and I, I I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. The man after the after the season we won the Super Bowl, I feel as if his job should have been on the line even after the last season. 
Now, I understand that we still made the playoffs, but still just barely winning nine games in the past two seasons, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So, um, Soup, I want to say this real quick. As the first caller in the Philly Experience podcast, I appreciate you joining us and uh, coming in uh, to talk about the Eagles. I want to ask you this before we let you go. Uh, what do you think about this upcoming draft? Now, as Eagles fans, we want to flip the script and we want to turn the page to you know the draft and who we can get from it. I know it's still far down the road, but the fact that we're not in the playoffs makes us think and speculate. So obviously we have a high pick in the draft. You have great right. position players. You have a receiver. You have linebackers. You have uh, guys like Devontae Smith, Michael Parsons. The list goes on and on. But what do you think is the biggest position of need uh, at this point with this team? Because there's a lot of them. Um, honestly, the biggest position we need right now, I'd say, I mean, it's quarterback, but I feel as if wow, this is the time to draft a quarterback, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because based off the pick now, say if, we, if you gave us the number one pick, I'd say go in, draft Trevor Lawrence, because this is, that's, that is, that is the guy. That is a guy that, you know, every team in the NFL would want. Right. Wow. But our word, the GM right now. I would be drafting either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith because that Jalen Rieger pick was not adequate. Now, I don't know what possessed them, you know, to choose him, but you either got to go. I would be happy with either the cornerback, Patrick Sertain, or I would be going with Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith or possibly even Michael Parsons because we lack at linebacker as well. Tremendously. And Adam Singleton stepped up great in this season and major props to him. But, you know, uh, I, I'd say – we, we should go at receiver. Mm. Couldn't agree more with you. Honestly, I think Devontae Smith winning the Heisman really, you know, stamped his top five, top six, top seven, wherever he goes, uh, really stamped uh, his draft stock and really stamped where he deserves to go. And this draft, Jamar Chase, same thing. Uh, personally, I'd rather have Devontae Smith just because I haven't seen Jamar Chase play an overall season long of football. Exactly. But couldn't agree more. I appreciate you joining us. Call back anytime. Thanks. We love it. Most definitely, man. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you guys, you know, took the time to have me on here. I really do appreciate it. And we appreciate you calling in, man. Have a good one, Sue. All right, man. You as well. You guys have a good one. All right. That's Sue from Lance out there. And, guys, I agree with a lot of the things he said. Personally, I know we've touched on this in past shows, but Devontae Smith is a game changer off mm-hmm. the bat immediately. Now, Jalen Rager, personally, I don't buy into the fact that uh, you know, he's going to develop into being a number one receiver. I just don't see it. I don't think he has a size. I think he's more of a gadget guy. I've said that multiple times on this show. Uh, again, Devontae Smith, a guy who's undersized, but really has the athletic ability of anybody uh, that really can stand out and show their talents in college football this season. And he really proved that by winning the Heisman Trophy over the other quarterbacks. Now it's the first time since the 90s, uh, Desmond Howard specifically, that a receiver won the Heisman Trophy, and he deserved it, in my opinion, 100%. So I want Devontae Smith. Uh, I think we need to score points. Like I said, that's the main thing. I know we have holes at cornerback. I know we have holes at linebacker. But this league, uh, if you want to win games, you need to score points. And, again, I go back to the Carson Wentz thing. I don't want to see Carson Wentz traded. I don't buy into Jalen Hurts being the, f- the future here in Philadelphia. I don't buy into him being uh, a franchise quarterback from four games of what I've seen. Now, is he a good leader? Can he speak well at the podium and sound like he's really super professional? Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, like he speaks better than Carson Wentz. Does he dress better than Carson Wentz at the podium? Sure. Fine. <laughs> he presents himself wow. well. But at the end of the day, do I, am I going to sit here after four or five games or whatever it was and Give say, hey, yeah, he's our see. leader, he's our franchise guy, just based off the fact that he, he, he wants to win uh, badly? No, I'm not. Uh, Carson Wentz wants to win badly. He, he might not come out and say it as definitively as Jalen Hurts does, 
but I just think there's too much talent still there with Wentz, and I feel like he just really didn't have an opportunity with the weapons surrounding him, with the injuries to the offensive line. I just want him back, and I think we have to give him another shot. Now, the problem with this is Doug Peterson's going to be back, and I don't think Doug Peterson's the right coach. So, again, it's a wrong marriage, and that's why I think Carson Wentz is not going to be back with this team next year, and I don't think it's the right decision. I would rather move the coach than the quarterback, but we know that you know Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson at this point are like oil and water. They just don't mix. You know what I mean? So I think Jalen Hurts, you, you're not taking a quarterback with a six overall pick. I'm sorry, you're just not. And you're not trading up further than that. You know, So you, you're going to get a skilled player, whether it be corner, linebacker. We, we talked about that. Uh, but personally, I want once to stay in Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to happen because Howie and Doug are back. I want to see what your guys' perspectives are on that and see if we're on the same page. Yeah. For me, it was if we went out and got a new GM, that's up to that new GM to decide if they want to keep Doug right. Peterson. Um, going to the draft, I think the way that this draft should go, if, if Smith isn't for some reason on the board still, I know I've seen somewhere he goes third, maybe third overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's not on there, I, I don't think we draft, um, chase. I think maybe we go to the, um, cornerback position instead. I don't know what you guys are thinking. Do you go on Jamar chase or do you go get that cornerback? Because Jamar obviously isn't as good as Devonta Smith. Um, but for me, also, I wanted to ask you guys this question going back to Wentz and him leaving. Who's more likely to leave or who are we more likely to keep, um, Zach Ertz or Carson Wentz? Um, probably Carson Wentz, only because of the Good fact question. that he's a quarterback. Um, Zach Ertz, I, I just don't see a scenario where he comes back, um, even though he even though he does have, um, I believe he has a year or two left on his contract. So he's, he technically would still be under contract after, after, you know, after this season. But – you know, with the cap, so you're saying and we how cut much, him cheap, and what is that going to do? Save us, save us money. Yeah, it, honestly, getting rid of um, trading away Zach Ertz would honestly save us money in the long okay, run. It'd be, it would be one of those cap things. And then on top of that, with the emergence of Dallas Goddard, I just don't see a scenario where um, where Cart where um, Zach Ertz sticks around. Now to go back to what you guys did. Now it, it, here's the thing. He brought up the fact that the Eagles should look into drafting a quarterback. And that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit because that's not the first time I've heard that before, you know, from some Eagles fans. So I had to go, I had to go back and and let's, let's just, let's explore this real quick and let's look at the draft order. All right. So at number one, all right, you have Jacksonville. All right. Now the two main quarterbacks that's coming out of this draft, of course, would be Trevor Lawrence, and that would be the quarterback from out of Ohio State, and that would be Justin Fields. So let's look at the draft real quick. Number one, you got Jacksonville. They need a quarterback automatically. They need a quarterback. So there goes one of them right there. The New York Jets, uh, you can you can say they're they're going to keep a, they're going to keep um, they're going to keep with Sam Darnold. So you know, okay. So maybe the next quarter. All right, number three, Miami. Okay, they have their quarterback. Skip. Atlanta, that's interesting. Atlanta is a question mark because should they get rid of Matt Ryan and should they cut ties from Matt Ryan, that's a team that could be looking for a quarterback. And then Cincinnati, they don't need a quarterback. And then there's us, Philadelphia Eagles. So depending on what Atlanta does, it's really interesting that, you know, that – it's not crazy to think that there there could be a possibility where this team is going to draft another quarterback. I don't agree with it, but the possibility is there. That's true. Uh, I think there's three guys that are gone before the Eagles pick. Uh, that's the offensive tackle out of Oregon. 
Penny C. Swell. Uh, I'm probably butchering that name, but everybody knows who he is and how talented that he is. Um, Set out. I, I don't know if it was all this season or majority of it uh, there in Oregon, but this guy's uh, you know plug and play future left tackle for years to come. That's what all the scouts are saying. Uh, and then I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are both gone now. Whether Justin Fields goes to the Jets or the Falcons. Uh, that remains to be seen personally. I'm also seeing Zach Wilson even being drafted as high as four if the Jets take Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, uh, I not not that I'm the only one that knows this, and you guys do as well, being Eagles fans our whole lives here too, but personally, I think knowing Howie Roseman, knowing Doug Peterson and their scheme and their regime here, there's no way that they draft the linebacker. I just don't no, see it. No, it's not going to happen. System. And I think that's a shame because I think people have said that um, you know, Michael Parsons can be that Bobby Wagner type where you plug him in there 10 years, he's vocal. And I think that's one thing we're missing. We don't have that vocal leader of our defense. And mm-hmm. if you plug and play Michael Parsons in there immediately, uh, he is the talent that people are just drawn to him, almost like a Chase Utley lead by example type of player. It's one of the uh, things I'm looking at. Um, it's one of the things that I'm looking at when I'm starting to look at these college prospects now, because, you know, I want to start a college series going in, going up to the draft of, you know, potential yeah. guys that the Eagles could look at, you know, for, you know, to continue the gridiron films, um, you know, session. And man, Michael Parsons is a hell of a player. Like from what I've seen so far, and it would it it's it would just be a shame to not draft that talent when you you need that linebacker talent on um on defense. Yeah. I mean, even if even though we don't, I mean, primarily he's um scouted to be a three four um outside linebacker, but you can even put him at edge rusher in a four three. You can even put him at they outside linebacker and have him know. blitz. And I just I, there is no way you can just pass up on that kind of talent. You just got to draft him and put him in the best place where he can succeed. I'm sorry. There's there's no way possible. I don't think a defensive coordinator coming in here, whoever that may be, will have enough say in drafting Michael Parsons. You know, if a new defensive coordinator comes in here, he says, I want a scheme uh, different than Jim Schwartz and I value linebackers. I don't think Howie Roseman just going to say snap of a finger. Oh, okay. We're taking Michael Parsons, for example, even David Collins, who uh, won the defensive player of the year from Tulsa another talented linebacker. I don't know if he's going as high as Parsons, but mm. just another example. So that really narrows it down for me to, are we going to take another receiver again this season or are we going to take a cornerback? I think those are two options. I don't see us taking a quarterback and I don't see us taking a linebacker. So personally is Howie Roseman going to agree that Jalen Rager may not be a hit as a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. And maybe they slide him over to a slot guy or keep him on the outside as a deep threat. Maybe he turns into Deshaun Jackson. Personally, I didn't see a lot of speed. I didn't see that Deshaun Jackson breakaway speed from Jalen Rager this year. Maybe no. that's because they didn't use him in that kind of role. Uh, other than that catch he caught in a week he saw, one against he saw more of that from Watkins uh, this season. It's true. Honestly, Especially yes. towards the end of the season. I agree. Towards the end of the season, we saw Jalen Rager uh, put his speed on showing when he took that to the took that ball to the house against Green Bay. Uh, those are the punt return, and also week one he caught he caught that deep pass from Wentz. And really, because of that injury to his thumb mid season or early on, you you really don't have too many Jalen Rager highlights if you search up his name on YouTube. That's just a fact. So I think if you're going into this offseason, I think you either draft cornerback, I think you either draft or wide receiver. And personally, I do we know it's hard receiver because you need weapons. For once, especially when you get in a healthy offensive line coming back, hopefully, you know, Brandon Brooks has two major injuries. Lane Johnson, I'm not too worried about. I just feel like he tried to rush that ankle injury back too much. And yeah. you talk about, you know, the inside of his ankle falling apart. I mean, that was just a bad situation. He rushed mm-hmm. that, had surgery, what, like in the preseason or what, what would have been the preseason. He just tried to get back too quickly in week one. Um, and also Jack Driscoll, who, who I think me and Tanner, you know, we talked about, we're pretty high on him as a depth guy, not as a plug and play starter. Um, right. So overall, hopefully these guys come back from injuries and Andre Dillard, especially that's the key. Is he going to take a step forward? 
And then once you have that offensive line intact, you have your running back in Miles Sanders, then you have to look on the outside. And that's where your weaknesses are on offense right now. You know, you have Greg Ward. He, he's been a good player. He's been a good player overall, a decent player, good player, whatever whatever word you want to use. He hasn't been great. He's been a slot guy. But personally, if you want to take Jalen Reagan and put him in the slot and then have Devontae Smith on the outside, you never know. You know, I think Alshon Jeffrey won't be back. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I don't think Deshaun Jackson will be back. Now you're eating a lot of cap space there too. But, I mean, I think this all depends on if you keep Wentz. You know, because if you keep him, then you know you kind of have a better idea what you want to do with your salary cap. If you let him go – then you really have to squeeze and condense your options because you don't have too many. You know, there's, there's there's guys you have to keep that you might not want to keep if you get rid of wins because you're, you don't want to eat that much salary cap, and that's just how it's going to be at the end of the day. Right. Now, the reason we're able to talk about who we're drafting sixth instead of ninth is because we lost against the Washington mm-hmm. football team, and I would just want to go over the history of the overall sixth pick and then compare ah. it to the overall ninth pick. Right. 14 Hall of Famers in the, uh, for sixth overall, 46 Pro Bowl players, 26 All-Pro players. Then you go to ninth, it drops down eight Hall of Famers, 38 Pro Bowlers, and 19 All-Pro players. So that sixth instead of ninth is really going to affect this team, hopefully, uh, for the future, too, as well. We look forward to. And I was a little worried about that decision to bench Hurts in that fourth what? quarter in favor of Sudfeld because one thing you're worried about, Jalen Hurts, and what he's going to think of this is I on the sideline they had recorded of him, you know, saying choice words about the the decision to bench him, and I was worried about that. But something that could easily fix this is pulling Jalen Hurts aside. I don't know if they already did or not, and saying, "Hey, look, listen, we lost. Now we get this sixth overall pick to help you out on the offensive side. We get a wide receiver." Um, in that aspect. So uh, Jalen Hurts, he's a competitor. He never wants to be pulled out for someone else. He wants this starting job. And and he's, you know, he's confident that he will get this starting job. So if you fill his head with with confidence and you, you mentioned to him that we took Nate Slugfeld out because we want to see what we have in our third stringer uh, quarterback. Now, when I know Suf said that you were putting Sudfeld in and he's gunning for that for that starting job, but I don't. I think everyone's on the same page. Two turnovers immediately when they're, yeah. terrible. When they're saying honest. Nate Sudfeld didn't go in and and he didn't think that he was going to be a starter next season. Right. All right. He's he's going in because he wants you know he wants to show everyone what he can do with this offense. Now that mm. now the fumble that wasn't know what the hell he's doing. His fault. That was Kelsey's bad snap, and he admitted it. Um, going forward, but I do think that this this can help out Jalen Hurts' game even more, obviously, because you get that sixth pick and maybe Devonta Smith, and that's really going to help him out. T, do you think Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback or a franchise quarterback that could take this team and lead it moving forward and maybe win playoff games and maybe a Super Bowl? And that's still yet to be decided, to be honest with you. It's hard to get a sample size, you know, he, him only playing four and a half games. And on top of that, you know, he, he was really working with a depleted roster. You know, you you know, you, you got to. That's the thing that sucks, though, you know, because you're going to have to make that decision this offseason. You're going to have to either buy into Jalen Hurts or you're going to have to let Carson Wentz walk or you're going to have to keep Wentz. So. Or, or let, me reword, let me reword Max's question. Mm-hmm. Can Carson Wentz take this team deep into the playoffs? And that's still yet to be determined to be. Man, he's had chances. <laughs> He's yeah, that's the chances. thing. It's it, you might. As, it's like flipping a coin, and and the problem with it is, if you pick the wrong side of the coin, you, you're going in the toilet for exactly. what could be the next two years. Exactly. Two years. We, already, we already had to flip the coin on Foles and Wentz. Of course, you go with you go with Wentz. I'm not saying that we made the wrong decision with that. Yeah, better yeah, not. Of course, the future. 
Um, the thing is, Doug's going to be here. Doug is going to be here another year, and that's the reason why I think you just can't keep Carson Wentz because I don't think that scheme and what Doug Peterson drew up, we have a big enough sample size of that right. this past season. You know what I mean? We saw, what was it, 9, 10, 11 games, whatever it was, of Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson together. Yeah, I get it. The offensive line is terrible and the injuries, you know, this goes on and on. But we, we saw game script and how it all played out, and it just didn't work. So if you're going to keep Doug Peterson, I don't think you can keep Carson Wentz and expect right. to win football games, which is why I think they're going to pick Jalen Hurts who's the more athletic quarterback at this point in his career. But again, Jalen Hurts took a lot of those plays uh, into his own hands and really took off and ran a lot. So is he going to be able to continue to do that? You know, moving forward, we'll see. But we're talking five, ten years down the road here. That's that's what you really and want that's to buy the one, into. And that's the one thing I, I, I will give Jalen Hurts credit for, and why I'm slightly leaning towards him more than Carson Wentz, is because basically Jalen Hurts took a broken team. He took a team that it really isn't constructionally good, an injured, broken team, and he basically made it interesting again. All right, he didn't. You know, what was the things that we complained about Wentz this past season? The fact that he held on to the football for too long in the pocket. His pocket awareness was horrible. Accuracy was just beyond, beyond horrible. All right. He, he, he brought those things. He, he brought like a, he brought more inspiration to the offense and he, he brought something new. He brought a new dynamic. He brought leadership. He did yeah. not stand in that pocket. He threw the football away. All right. Was he the most accurate quarterback? No, but he's a rookie and he's going to develop that in time. I I, I truly believe that. So it, there's hope to be hung with Jalen Hurts. It, it's just right. like you guys said, though. This is a really difficult decision to make. And do I think, do I honestly today, if you held a gun to my head and said, do you think Carson Wentz is, is going to be um, going to be going into the 2021 season competing for the starting quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles? My gut instinct says yes, because I just don't think they can move on from that contract immediately. And that's a lot of money for, for another team to take on. And I do think they want to see if they can try to fix Carson Wentz. Now, do I think that this is the right staff to do it? Absolutely not. I have voiced my displeasure on a many of occasions. I That's have a problem case. with the fact that Doug Peterson is coming back because of the fact that, you know, you heard teams all around the league say that, you know, this team was predictable and this team, you know, oh, we knew what they was doing. The scheme is simplistic. Guys weren't really getting open. Like, I, I'm tired of seeing guys, teams like the New Orleans Saints have their wide receivers wide open. Now, yes, they have a wide receiver, Michael Thomas, who just seems to catch everything that comes to him. But look how open they are. Like, I want that for an offense. I want that. Right. Yeah, I think what benefits us the most is that Jalen Hurts is a rookie. Now you have – I don't know what they're doing coaching staff, really. I don't think any of us really know right now because there's so many – guys being moved around staff wise but if we get a new offensive coordinator and Doug Peterson decide I believe he said he was they were going to look for an offensive who knows knows? he's not going to want to do that but yeah they are looking for an offensive coordinator new offensive coordinator then that does benefit Jalen Hurts more because he's already ready to adjust he's a rookie going into the NFL uh he didn't play a full season yet I think he's more likely to be able easily adjust rather than Carson Wentz who we saw he couldn't adjust um well with this you know Doug Peterson calling the plays and everything and he wanted to call the plays instead so I think that factor of Jalen Hurts being a rookie and us being able to mold him more to fit the Eagles team Mm -hmm. is going to be more likely to happen one other benefit is that there is there is news um going around that quarterbacks coach Press Taylor 
it most likely will be on outs as well. And as we know, we voiced our displeasure with the quarterback coach because when things started coming out that he was very buddy-buddy with Carson Wentz and, you know, he was very relaxed on Carson Wentz's mechanics. And you can't do that. You can't do that with certain – matter of fact, you shouldn't do it with any players. All right? If a guy is messing up, you have to be on their tail about it, and that's pretty point blank. And honestly, the quarterback room has failed us. No player has taken a step forward this past season no. in any in any sense. The special teams, you know, the D line, you know, special teams Cox and Brandon Graham produced based on their talent, you know. But overall, like no defensive player really took. I mean, look, you want to talk about Josh Sweat stepping stepping up? Okay, fine. I mean, but he 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 just needed playing time. I don't think he was ever a bad player. I just think he didn't get enough playing time, and we needed him this season. Uh, but let me ask you this question: You put Carson Wentz on the Indianapolis Colts this weekend, going into Buffalo against Josh Allen. Uh, behind that offensive line with that running game and Jonathan Taylor and that great defense, uh, you know, do the Colts have an opportunity to upset the Buffalo Bills? I think I think there's a possibility there, especially if you have a full season with Frank Reich under your belt um, in that offensive scheme and give Wentz time to throw the football. And he's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got Michael Pittman Jr. He's got some good tight ends there, yeah. Mo Alley-Cox and uh, Jack Doyle. There's guys and the weapons there. I just feel like if you're going to let Carson Wentz go and he falls into a perfect marriage there with Frank Reich in Indianapolis with an already solidified O-line, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, a ground and pound running game. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. And then you get Jalen Hurts, kind of one of those uh, read option guys with no weapons here in Philadelphia. You know, I just I think the way to do it was get rid of the head coach. Uh, if you're going to keep the GM and how it fine. But I felt they had to get rid of the head coach because – he cannot coexist with Carson Wentz, and he already paid Carson Wentz the money. So you have to listen. The the last thing I want him to do is keep both. Right? You can't have you can't have both here because it's not just not going to work out. So if they're going to keep Doug, which I think they will, you have to get rid of Carson Wentz. Unfortunately, it's ridiculous. But I, I, it's going to eat me alive inside if he if he goes to the Colts and 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 they're in the playoffs five years in a row. I mean, which you would expect because Philip Rivers is probably going to retire. Carson Wentz is better than Jacoby Brissett, who I think is a free agent anyway. Um, and I just wanted to throw out that example. Now, now listen, going into Buffalo and beating Josh Allen, who's probably been almost as good as Mahomes this year, probably not going to happen. Nope. But, you know, it's just a bad draw. So maybe the Colts played Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's been pretty weak recently, especially losing guys defensively. You know, maybe maybe they can upset the, – they would upset the Steelers there, which I think the Browns are going to do this weekend anyway, but we'll see. That's bold. Um, I do think that every coach should be on – should have been on the hot seat, if not because oh, it, it definitely. Seems- uh, they're clearing house except for Deuce Staley. Yes. I think Staley is the only coach that should stay. Uh, Doug Peterson, uh, I can't believe we're still talking about him as a member, you know, coaching on this team. Howie Roseman, oh, I really, um, but we, you know, we got, you know, Schwartz out, but still Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, and these are the guys who are drafting. Um, it's really concerning that uh, we have the audacity to sit up here and assume that we're going to get Devonta Smith. Uh, when really we could probably get cheap. That Heisman, that Heisman really didn't help our chances because, you know, I thought maybe he'd be available at six, but now the fact that he wins the Heisman, that could bump up into the top five. But one thing I want to point out is the fact that maybe our offensive line actually turns into a strength of our team next year with the, with the people we have coming back. Mylotta has shown improvements. If he's going to be a swing tackle and doesn't have to play every snap, that could be beneficial on the left side. And then Driscoll, who's more comfortable on the right side as well, as a swing tackle, and you have Dillard, and then you have Lane Johnson. That's four pretty solid tackles, you would think. Then you have Interior coming back. Maybe you can uh, bring back Jason Kelsey for another year and lure him out of retirement if that's the direction that he wants to go in. But uh, you have a running back, and if you can get healthy on the offensive line, that's two strengths right there that were weaknesses for us this year, especially if Doug Peterson can run the football more. And hey, maybe if we have a new, you asked him for a lot on that one. <laughs> 
then <laughs> then you, then you have fo- then you have the focus on the offense and the, and the outside, and that's why I think if you can get Devonte Smith with the healthy offensive line and maybe different play calling, then I feel like your offense, instead of being one of the worst in football, can really maybe turn into a top twelve around twelve, maybe thirteen, and that's basically after one season that could easily take a step forward. Now, of course, you're still destroyed on defense, especially in the secondary, but you know, we're taking baby steps here. That's all you can expect. And like exactly. this, this team is really going to take, it's really going to take a lot of rebuilding. Like I, I'm going into next season and when we have the discussion of, you know, what the record's going to be when next season comes around, I, I'm not going to be very confident going into the season. I'm just saying, all right, now guys, real quick. Um, I have a list of Eagles free agents that, you know, we're going to determine right now, should they stay or should they go? This list isn't starting off very encouraging. I'm gonna tell y'all that right now. Uh, Jason Peters, I think that's just man. Just, just that's not even a question. That's not, not even. Just, get, just real, go. Get out. Just, oh, just make go, please. All right, next, Jalen Mills. Yeah, he can go. Uh, he can go too. I, I say go. I yeah. say go. I say go too. I, I've seen enough of him wagging his finger around for making no plays. <laughs> he did. I he did winners. do an all right job adapting to that safety position, but he's not our answer. Um, not, and, not a starter, at least. But but that's the thing. Like, who's going to replace him? That's that's kind of where we have to think We're about. We're not going to have Rodney McLeod uh, week one, I, I believe. No, no, that ACL injury is going to take a, a nice little minute to recover from. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't think he's going to be back. So it. Uh, in all honesty, Jalen Mills might be coming back at least for another year. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I uh, say, well, he goes, and then I know you're going to ask this player, maybe Rudy Ford. Uh, we're going to have to have him. Yeah, stay. he was going to be. Yeah, he was on the I list. We have Ronald Darby back, who's now all of a sudden really good with Washington. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? <laughs> What's wrong with you, you dumbass? Listen, he's not going that far. Season. Pro Football Focus ranked them eighth out of like 130 corners. You really take we'll, Pro Football we'll Focus ratings we'll seriously? <laughs> we'll see how he goes when he has Antonio Brown. You got Godwin over there, and Mike Evans, I believe, is playing too. So we'll see how he fares. You know what? You make a good point because he's like what the seventh or eighth best player on that defense anyway. Maybe yeah. he kind of he kind of blends in with the rest right. of this. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, but you took Pro Football Focus stats seriously. So for that, you hey, if that, he's on our team right now, he's our best quarter, our second best corner behind Slay. Yeah, but he's a hell of a lot better than anybody else we got. Yeah, good point. All right, next Nate Sutfield. Man, Nate Sutfield. Oh God, please go. I can find another third string quarterback. Get this, just, just especially after that Week Seventeen game. I'm surprised just, he's he's still here after just after go. years. They can't they can't do that to his confidence. They can't cut him after that game. Oh, All right, Nikhil Roby Coleman, who has been a huge disappointment. He can go too. Get just go. See, to be honest with you. I haven't seen much of Roby Coleman this year. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> Trust me, okay. it's a bad thing. I'll take your word for it. Woo. You watch the film, so. <laughs> Trust me. Um, Vinny Curry, he can go too. I don't. I, I, don't, I really don't think that he he's really that great of a player. No. I thought he kind of like another guy who who on the Super Bowl team kind of blended in with the other guys like Fletcher Cox and also. I don't yeah. have a problem with him leaving. I would expect him to go. All right, now this is going to be this, this is an interesting one. Hassan Ridgeway. Now he came on in certain spurts during the course of the season. I feel like if you're going to keep him, he's got to be. Depends it's got to be on a certain. Yeah, it depends on how much money I'm going to pay him, but I would definitely bring him back. I would, I'd rather have him on a cheap deal than Malik Jackson on on like a billion dollar contract. So. I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. Cravion LeBlanc. Now, unfortunately, he was out for the majority of the season with an injury, but the times where he LeBlanc. has played, I'll bring him back. 
He's, he's, I, he's a good player. He, yeah, he showed like he's he's an NFL player. He's yes. an NFL talent, so I'll keep him. Yeah, I would keep Kirby on LeBlanc. Richard, I think he's, go I think he's gonna go because you have. I, I think they're gonna clear house in that position. I think it's just gonna be Kayvon Wallace and Darius Slay that are gonna stay. Kayvon Wallace hasn't shown me much, but again, he didn't really get a lot of playing time right. until the second half. Of and the he's at anyway. the and he's at the safety position, so you yeah. know, go with that. He's more a special teamer. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, um, Richard Rogers, um, with them potentially getting rid of Zach Ertz, yeah, he's he's going to stay. I think Richard. Unfortunately, gonna he's going to stay. And by that, I really? mean, listen, you have two, and that's the thing. What's this whole goes back to the coaching staff? Doug Peterson's Doug Peterson's not going to leave, and that means his scheme's not going to change whatsoever. So you, you need two tight ends. So getting rid of Zach Ertz, how does that help you? He, he's one of the best, better tight ends in the league when he's healthy. Now you're going to let him go, and then you're going to keep Richard Rodgers and Dallas Goddard as your two tight ends? I mean, I, I, I want a new scheme in here. I, I want a one tight end set because Dallas Goddard is super talented as a good blocker, and his offensive game is polished, and it's only going to get better. He's not even reaching his prime yet. So you need we need a different scheme in here, especially if you get rid of Zach Ertz. Well, listen, why not keep Richard Rodgers? We're just going to sign him to a league minimum deal. That's what I say. And when we wanted him to play, he showed up. Yeah, he did show up, and he and he was schemed to get open. You know, he was in exactly. those offensive sets. So I see your point there. But at the end of the day, Richard Rodgers is not somebody I want to have to rely on for production. Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You definitely don't want to have to go to Richard Rodgers. Definitely, um, Duke Riley. Man, all the linebackers suck, in my opinion, except for Duke Alex Riley Singleton. Back. I don't, I don't even want Alex Singleton back. But I mean, yeah, you know, he's. He, I, I feel like the way that this. Uh, this team will go. I think Duke Riley will stay, but more of a special teams option. Yeah. Um, that's just what I'm leaning towards. But, and he's not he going to get a lot of money, obviously. Yeah. He, yeah. And he can't be a starter. They're not going to hurt us if we're keeping them, if, they, if they've if been more right. a little more productive mm-hmm. as we expected. But I yeah. think he'll stay. Corey Clement, he's got to go. He's got to go. I've been, I've been saying that since he's pretty gone. much after the Super Bowl. Like, I just, I feel like yeah. his production is just not there anymore. His career tanked. Um, it was after that that Super Bowl season. He, yep. he was he was just a shadow of what yeah. he was. Well, injuries hurt his career yeah. too, but yeah, he also had a lot of miles on him coming out of college anyway. But. Right, mm, true. Cameron Johnson, the punter, yeah, he's gonna stay. He's gonna stay. We already discussed. Ru- yeah, we we already discussed Rudy Ford, mm. Boston Scott. He's got to stay. Stay. Yeah, Boston Scott's got to stay. He's gonna stay. I agree. Joshua Perkins. Mm, yeah, I'm not gonna miss him. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> wow. No, I like wow. No, <laughs> oh, now this is an obvious get, just go. Uh, man, this, I, I'll answer this for you. Nate Gary, God. Get the f- out. Just go. Surprised you lasted this long out of that draft class. That rookie deal's finally up after four years, so we'll see you later. Oh, God, please it go. Just It was his play and then what he says off the field, too, that just combined for just – Come on, you didn't really want to be here if you're doing stuff. Like that. We need de- we need defensive linemen. We we need because Fletcher Cox keeps getting hurt. Yeah, he keeps getting hurt. Players. We don't want yeah. Well, yeah, but we don't want to have to keep running Fletcher Cox 100 percent of the snaps. You know, we want to have that depth in there. Uh, that means that you got to have good team. linebackers, <laughs> and, and Nate Gary ain't one of them. No, he's not. <laughs> and we also can't rush the passer either. So okay, there's that issue. Okay, so Alex Singleton, we already discussed that. Greg Ward is the last person on this list. I say I don't stay. Want Greg Ward back. Really? No, I don't think he, so. He was really the only decent uh, receiver that we had. Consistent, decent receiver. To I be don't honest want Greg with you. Ward back on the team. Really? I want, I, are we going to win a Super Bowl, with Greg Ward? 
Well, are we going to win a Super Bowl with any one of these guys? Let's be yeah, honest think here. We were going to win a Super Bowl. This with all, like, listen, we'll this all depends. Different. This all depends on the money and the contract situation. If you're going to have Greg Ward plug and plays or slot receiver every down, no, I don't want him back. I want somebody to give somebody else an opportunity that can play better than Greg Ward, maybe score a lot more touchdowns. Well, listen, I, I mean, uh, T, you're probably going to go over the free agent options, but I think you have Greg Ward and then you have Travis Fulgham. Uh, Rager, and then hopefully Smith. I think we're not going to go out and get a big, obviously big name. I saw nah. some rumors as Juju Smith-Schuster, which uh, just well, is not leaving Pittsburgh. That's not realistic. Uh, no. But again, if you go into next season, you have Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, and and Jalen Rager as your receivers. I mean, come on, you're not going to win many football games. Again. <laughs> yeah. You, so yeah, I mean, we could bank on not getting Smith because that's just the way you know. You need to get a receiver. I, I get it. I know yeah. your corners. You're not going to rebuild this overnight, but you got a talent like Smith on the board. You're not going to bring back Jeffrey and Jackson. And do you really want to go into next season with your best receiver and unproven Jalen Rager, second year player? I just don't want to bank on that. I want a guy I can rely on, a guy that I know that's going to be accountable and a leader, and that's Demonte Smith, leads by example. An Alabama guy, too. You can't go wrong. It's like drafting a Kentucky basketball player. <laughs> this, is, this is why we're going to have a live you know, video of us Woo! watching it for our reactions because we really don't know what's going to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get him. No, because you guys seen how I reacted when Jalen Hurts got drafted, and that was we recorded that show a day after the draft was over. So, yeah, you never know what's going to happen with this team, unfortunately, and that's just the nature of the draft. Very true. I want to touch on these playoff games coming up this weekend before we shut everything down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said the Browns are my upset pick over the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though I did say on this show a few weeks ago that I thought the Steelers were a sneaky team going into the playoffs, but I just feel like they're not playing their best football on the Browns uh, with that rushing at- attack, even though they don't have a head coach this weekend, which that's a whole different situation to bring up. But overall, what do you guys think? Uh, what's, your, what's, your, what's the game you're most looking forward to this weekend uh, You know, with these six games? Well, I'm looking forward to Sunday, the Ravens versus the Titans. I know the Ravens are favored, but I think the Titans are going to win. I'm th- These teams have played each other too much uh, lately. Yeah, and it, true. It's been, a, it's been a lot of the Titans. I don't think – I really don't think Lamar Jackson is capable to take this team to the Super Bowl. Now that Wow. That's it. bold. I don't, see, I don't see Lamar Jackson taking this team to the Super Bowl in the next three years. I just he has yet to prove in that he can even win in the playoffs. Now, if he comes over and and he wins the Super Bowl this year, we can go back, whatever we can come back uh, to to what I just said. But I think the Titans are going to beat the Ravens on Sunday. Mm, okay, so- I don't think that. I think the Ravens are going to win. So mm-hmm. we'll have this discussion next yeah. week. And see who's right, I, I can tell you for a fact though, I th- I, I do I do think the Steelers are, are going to beat the Browns. So Max, we're going to have to come back to to this we recording. We're going to see how how we go so far. But T, what, what game are you looking? Now, for? see, that was the one I was going to highlight. I was going to say actually, I'm going to side surprisingly. I'm going to say that the Browns are going to upset. Yeah, the Pittsburgh see. Steelers. That's I, going to. That's my upset you know, pick. I, I like when this happens. I like when this happens because it's two v one, and then I can come back and see. Come on, guys. I, I, love, the, I love the Browns. I love the right. Browns. But you got all these guys coming back after the Browns were struggling at the end of that Steelers game. Now, albeit they do have the curse on their side because Juju. I believe Juju Smith Schuster was was making fun of the Browns. Yes. So he, he obviously hasn't learned from his TikTok dancing. No, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. I, he just needs to focus on playing. Real quick, what's the worst game of the weekend? We got Bears-Saints or Tampa-Washington. Oh, Tampa-Washington's definitely got to be the worst game, but I will say this about this game. Um, yeah, Chase Young 
that wasn't the smartest thing to do, calling out Tom Brady. I don't remember any time where any player has called out Tom Brady and it has negatively affected him. You're going to pay for that, unfortunately, young buck. You ain't going to touch him. defense is scary, though. I'm not saying it's going to be yeah. a Washington win, but it's going to be closer. Than yeah, and you think Brady going to keep that ball in his hands? <laughs> I think a game that I'll end up turning off will be the Bears and the Saints because I, the, the Bears, yeah. I believe, are 8-8. Eight eight. Bears uh, are terrible. Yeah. But if you told me before the season that the Bears would make the playoffs and the Eagles wouldn't, I would have told you crazy. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the Bears snuck into the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to keep it close. I think the Saints are just going to march all over them, and they're going to get ready for their next game. Yep. I'm excited for Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be awesome. Hope you guys tune in. We'll be back with you next week to recap it all and also the Sixers. We'll see what happens with their schedule. It's going to be a crazy week with them, and, and the NBA needs to step in and really decide what they want to do with that. But hope everybody enjoys Wild Card Weekend here. Oh, Hopefully your right. teams win, uh, even though the birds are out of it. But uh, just enjoy it. Have some fun. Stay safe. Everybody, T, let's shut it down. All right, guys, you guys miss any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. We are available on all major downloadable platforms. And, hey, you want to call into the show? Hit us up on the Instagram DMs. We got you. We'll bring you in. We got to, you know what I mean, go through some protocol first because we want to make sure you ain't saying anything, you know, outlandish. But, yeah. Fair point, saying. I think it's fair. <laughs> it's a bunch of low lifes. You piece of Swiss cheese!